All right. All righty. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another awesome uh, Geek Vibes Live interview. I'm your host, Tia, and I have a very exciting guest with me today, Elaine Oi. Did I get that correct? You did. That was solid. <laughs> awesome. Um, Aileen has been in Hulu's Hellstrom as Chris Yen. First of all, congratulations on the show hitting the streaming service. How has the reception been since it's uh, premiered? Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I've been kind <laughs> of staying away from the internet, so, so to speak. I, you know, I check Twitter and and Instagram every so often, um, but I, I haven't really had much time to to get too much. But I feel like people like it. I'm not sure. Um, certainly, my reps have have been shielding me from whatever might be out there that might be uh, negative, so to speak. But uh, but I feel like, I've, generally speaking, I feel like people have enjoyed it and have uh, have binged it. So that's which is good. I yeah. definitely binged it. I want to say within two days because i really wanted to like get through it and get my yeah. review out and right, when, right. I'm, when i'm scrolling on twitter i see people loving it and a lot of people posting out really positive things so to me Good. i was happy about seeing that definitely because yeah the thing about hellstrom is you know it premiered on hulu it's kind of creepy it's eerie and um there was a little bit of not controversy certainly not controversy but it is a marvel project but they kind of dropped their logo from hellstrom so some people were like where does this kind of fit within everything um right. do you have any answers for people who are asking that question like is it a marvel show or should you just kind of watch it as just this demon-centered sort of series well it's talking to Paul, the showrunner, and I think he also explains it too in several media outlets that, uh, you know, it, it is part, part of, it is a Marvel show. Um, you can see in the credits, it says Marvel Entertainment. I think Marvel Television is on there. So it's, it's, it is that. And from what they explained to me as far as why it's missing the Marvel branding is because it's really mature. Um, it's certainly something that you would not want to accidentally hit thinking that, oh, it's Marvel. It's probably something that is in line with, you know, Iron Man or something fun like that for some younger viewers. And, and in addition to that, which is, you know, both things can exist at the same time, right? Which is that it is a Marvel project. Is it part of the MCU per se? Is it, is it pre-snap or is it post-snap? Um, I think in this instance, it is its own you know, uh, it's in some ways it's siloed in the story structure. Um, it is um, incubated in this space that isn't quite attached to that. There's certainly references to the Marvel universe, like for the keen eye there, I think in that first episode, you'll see a rocks on um, a gas station, at the end, you'll see the, that. And there's a bunch of other like Easter eggs that um, who are hardcore Marvel fans will go, Oh, that's cool. Or like, all right, I, it is in, the world is connected in that sense. So, yeah. I did see a bunch of people when they were posting up on Twitter say, "Hey, Roxon was mentioned. That's a deep tie to Marvel." So, kind of little there. But I think Hellstrom, the beauty of it is that 
it kind of works without having all these really, really deep connections to Marvel because then it can be its own sort of thing. Um, And as I kind of mentioned, it's creepy, it's eerie, perfect for Halloween time. Um, How was that for you acting in a show with all of these demonic undertones? (laughs) (laughs) I'm personally a huge fan of uh, horror films. Um, You know, my favorite one that just came out was Hereditary. Uh, oh, that man, was great. It's, it's just, you know, Ari, the director, writer, is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of his. I even watched, uh, what was the other one that he just came up with? The, um, uh, I'm blacking out, but it's it's uh, it's like a cult. Oh, um, Midsommar? Mids- yeah, oh my that God. That was creepy one. too. <laughs> so good. So um, good. I'm into stuff like that. And so to be part of a show like this, and in addition to it being a Marvel product, uh, project, was just like an icing on the cake for me. I just, because I love effects, visual effects. I love how all of that stuff plays. And it was really fun to be a part of a show where I can see the behind the scenes stuff. I can actually talk to the production designer or the art department to see why are they coming up with certain things? What what are the reasons behind it? So, you know, for someone who is like that, it was awesome to be a part of like, I, I, you know, I don't get creeped out. I don't get scared. Like there's a, there's a scene there where I'm in a tunnel and I'm eating spiders and rats and stuff like, sorry, spoiler alert. Shoot, yeah. I sorry. Know. I should have said that. That was my bad. Definitely yeah. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But there is sections in there for my character where I had a blast because I got to play in this space where sometimes it's green screen, but in this instance, it wasn't like everything I would say 80 to 85% of the stuff that we did was not green screen and, and that it was actually in camera. So the spider stuff, the rat stuff, the hallway, like the, you know, the cobwebs, all that stuff was real. And, and uh, so just to be behind, just to see that all unfold in front of you, it's just, it's awesome. You know, it's a lot of fun. That's really cool. I know exactly the scene that you're talking about. That was a very funny (laughs) scene because at that point, and now that the audience knows, spoiler alerts here, uh, your character, Chris Yen, goes from kind of, well, at first, I really just thought that he was the best friend of Anna and he is involved in this uh, antique sort of business but then Mm -hmm. you find out of course later down the line that he helps her dispose of bodies and kills people but you just think that at first and then he Mm -hmm. becomes uh you know overtaken by this skull the keeper and I like in that scene where he's kind of like okay I could do all this other creepy shit but not eat spiders (laughs) which I just right right but um what did you think of your character having that arc? Um, were you expecting that at first or, you know, how did you get into that? I, I wasn't. Uh, they, the first time I sat down with Paul about the character, which was like three weeks or a month before we actually shot, um, he told me that, uh, you know, we're not going to tell you every detail about, you know, the story. Um, and part of that was the secrecy of making sure nothing gets leaked. But the other part was really to make sure that they don't unexpec- accidentally give us an expectation in case the story changes. So I, that I understand um, as an actor, uh, but I didn't know where the character was gonna go. Um, the only thing that he told me was that by the end of the show, your character will be Marvel-esque. And I'm like, 
oh, does that mean he's got powers? And he's like, I'm not going to say anything more than that. Uh, you know, he's going to have one of the more interesting arts arcs, um, story arcs, character arcs in the story. Um, and in some ways, it is the origin story of who Christian is going to be. And I'm said, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but that was it. That's all they they shared with me. And you know, for the longest time, you know, we would get the scripts a few days before we shot. I'm like, what is the deal with the skull? Am I possessed or what's going on? And the really cool thing about it is that, you know, I thought it was just going to be, you know, I thought the character won't, wasn't going to have his own agency right. and his free will. You know, I thought it was going to be some like a Renfield type of character. And that's kind of what I started to think the character was going to be. But he wasn't, you know, he had his own agency. It's, you know, what we just talked about in that scene where I will go as far as what I need to do to get the job done. But that stuff, no, I am not going to touch any more spiders or rats. And, you know, it's it's that that conversation that's happening, that sort of, sim, what is the word I'm calling, like a symbiotic relationship that's happening there. And I, I thought that was a really cool take on, on that type of relationship. So, I, man, I, I could not have been happier the way it ended uh, for, for Chris. And uh, I just remember reading the, the ninth episode going, where the hell is this going? And then reading the 10th episode going, oh my God. All right, that's super cool. That's super, super cool. Because then it, it, is, it becomes a launching pad for not only Chris, but also Anna and their relationship and how that has changed now. And I think what was really fun to see was the first time we see Anna and Chris is in this, you know, auction house, like you said. Um, and it's like they're, it's a very tight relationship. And in fact, there's a, there's a, in some ways, a power struggle that's happening there, like who's really in power. But at the end, Chris is the one telling Anna what to do, right? which I found to be, you know, the opposite of where Chris was, which is I now have my own agency. I, I, I need to do a specific thing and I don't necessarily need you anymore. And I hope you're going to be okay. So I, I thought that was a really cool way of, of ending the first season. And now it's like, what, what's going to happen in season two? Should we be blessed enough to have one? I certainly hope so. Um, because there was so much left off in season one, but yeah, right. I, I love that Chris didn't kind of fall into the trope of he's possessed. Now he doesn't have an identity, doesn't right. speak or anything. And mm -hmm. I watched the show with my boyfriend. We kind of almost guessed that Chris would die at some point because we were just like, it, the way it was going, you thought mm -hmm. that that's what was going to happen. Obviously it did. And we were happy about that. I was like, <laughs> me too yeah. I, I gotta I, I gotta admit it was certainly like the I think it was the second episode I'm like I've done enough shows to know that there's a you know there's certainly certain characters that would fall into that line and yeah I was thinking that does Chris die here Chris has to die right you almost think sense. that that's gonna happen and right right with the the show Hellstrom it's clearly about Damon and Anna but you have mm. characters like you caretaker um right, right. and they're also part of the core group but you mentioned your relationship with Anna so I always wondered now that I've watched the show 
how did that relationship start where you were helping her kill people? Um, you know, <laughs> was there any talk of that or did you ever there, kind of think that through? <laughs> there was, there was. And there's a specific event that happened that I personally can't uh, share at this moment. Uh, but there, there are, you know, you know, you, you put the facts, the facts that are out there, which is they are in foster care. Um, and in, I would, you know, it's, it's hard to say because foster care, there's some there's usually a, a perceived idea of what foster care is and what actual foster care is. And, um, you know, the Hollywood version of it is that there's a lot of trauma that happens in foster care, but really there's a lot of good that comes out of it. But in this instance, we're talking about the, 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 the moments where foster care system can't, isn't really that good. Right. So, um, that's how they met. That's how they cultivated their trust with each other. You know, my, my sister is a, you know, she's a social worker, but she works in this field. And she's told me uh, in, when, when I was doing the research that, you know, foster care is good and bad. And the, the bad parts is what I was really interested in. And she said that uh, usually people that come from trauma who found, find themselves in foster care, um, there's a lot of trust uh, the issues that, that occur. And so for these two very, you know, uh, broken um, characters, um, finding trust within themselves is very telling of what that relationship is. And so if that trust, if that trust is there, then at some point, something, whatever it might have been, could have happened where Anna may have shown her abilities to Chris mm -hmm. and that however that could be explored maybe in season two would be showing why Chris said okay I know that's it's, I know what that's your power and I'm okay with it you know there's a reason why he's okay with it so I'll just leave it at that uh, it's it's you know there, there's a lot of history there it's it's alluded to I think in episode seven where you know, uh, she has a bit of a shit fit, was the line. And, um, you know, she wants to cross a specific line and say, that's not what we do. Mm -hmm. um, what we do is, uh, you know, curate for a, using antiquities as a, as a reference point. We curate our, um, you know, victims, if you will, or, or people that we feel are, are unredeemable, unredeemable people. So I'm, you know, I'm responsible for curing, curating that as well. And that, that is in some ways how the relationship started. And I'm really curious to see how they even found a way to, why antiquities, why this? But I guess I think I know why too. It's, it's you know, she's got a certain power of, you know, feeling something and feeling the energy from that object. And I think that would be great for antiquities because then she could be like you know like in pawn stars like show where they go what is this is this real i don't know if this is real well she She'll just talks to me like <laughs> like no this is fake you know so <laughs> so there you go i i mean it's a great you know feel to be in for someone who has those sort of powers and you know it right. affords a pretty nice lifestyle i uh, think, <laughs> i think i tweeted that out and you liked it and i thought that was funny um, so but the relationship between Chris and Anna is so great. I, she referenced uh, him as her best friend at some point, 
which you know before then when you look at her character she's kind of like cold a little off-putting and you really Mm -hmm. wouldn't expect her to care for someone the way that she does with Chris and that was just really wonderful to see um right how was it uh working with Sydney uh on the set of Hellstrom she was horrible no I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh god Sydney is the best I I um you know, I, I didn't know who who was going to play Anna because um, we didn't do a chemistry read. And, you know, I was in San Francisco, I mean, I was in Seattle shooting a film and uh, I had to fly down to L.A. for the day to test for the show. Um, typically, they do some kind of t- chemistry read. They test a few people and see what pairs up. But I just didn't get a chance to do that. Maybe because I just didn't have time. I had to, like I said, had to fly back to Seattle to fil- finish the film. But um but I was really, really interested and curious to see who was going to play Anna. And um, Paul, the showrunner, when I was, like I said, when I was had that meeting with him, he said that you're going to love Sydney Lemon. She's the one playing Anna. You guys are going to be simpatico. Like there's just, your vibes are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think you guys are going to mesh well on an intellectual level, uh, on a personal level and uh, in some ways uh you know professional level there there there's a there's a link there he felt so of course you know you can you know you can be optimistic about it but the reality is you just don't know but the first time we met uh we met on right before the table read and we sat down and we clicked immediately um we just i was really interested in who she was and she was really interested in who i was and we just made it a point to hang out at the beginning just to kind of create that relationship. But, you know, it was super organic. Like we didn't really have to force it. So we went out to coffee, you know, had lunch together. Um, you know, obviously you've worked together in terms of running the lines, but even watched the movies. It was just, you know, it was easy. It was super easy. I felt like maybe in some ways like an older brother to her. Um, and, and I guess in some ways professionally, uh, not, not to say that I'm at all established, but you know, like anything else, we, we supported each other in the first couple of weeks of this, you know, ride that we were going on. Um, and, you know, she was, you know, really uh, supportive the other way too, that, you know, how, how could she help, you know, like, how can I help uh, with your process and vice versa? So it was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was easy, really, really easy. That's it. She's amazing. That's so great to hear. You love hearing that with actors and, uh, hearing about their relationship and speaking about relationships i did want to ask these sort of questions so in the show hellstrom chris has a boyfriend and Mm -hmm. the way that um he's introduced is so natural it's so easy flow there and it's something that i've noticed say with the marvel movies on the big screen they really kind of struggle for lgbt representation Whereas at least with the Marvel shows, like on Netflix, um, you had a few characters that just seemed so easy to portray that sort of relationship. And again, Mm -hmm. in Hellstrom, it was never even really a thing. It was just presented, Mm -hmm. which is how it should be. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you feel when you were told that Chris would be in an LGBT relationship and also the importance of having a normalized same-sex relationship on a show like that. Representation matters. And, you know, as, a, as an actor who is Asian, 
uh, Asian descent. Uh, you know, it's something that I've always championed and, and I've always wanted. Uh, you know, it, you know, you you grow up. I I moved here as an immigrant, and um, it's uh, you've always had a sense of feeling like the other, like you're the other, you're the token Asian guy or whatever it is. And like you were saying, in previous years and previous productions, they would put something out there to sort of signal that oh, hey, we're diverse. But the thing that I've always I've always found to be troubling or you know concerning is that the characters just didn't have the depth that it was almost like they were just filling a box that says, okay, we've got our African-American, we've got uh, a woman, we have, you know, all these things and that's it. So I personally can't speak on authority of, of what it feels like to be part of the LGBT commu community and, and what that feels like. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about like, you know, you know, actors playing certain roles and is it, are they deemed, are they, should they be playing roles? Um, I, I think, I think it's important to show that kind of representation and the fact that they wrote it this way and, and that it was in some ways more matter of fact is, is a world that I think we all kind of strive for, which is that normalcy. Um, but I will say that it's also important to know that there is still nuance within that community, that it isn't just normal, um, it's more or less like, like you have to respect that there is that, you know, people come from different walks of life and it, it is different, you know, and it, it, it is, it is something that we should respect. And that's the place I came uh, from when I was approached and they told me that the character is part of that community. I was worried for one, cause I was like, well, I'm, I'm not part of that community. Uh, I, I don't know how to be respectful and be mindful of this. And so the one thing I thought about was my own experience as an Asian American person is, how would you approach this? How would you respectfully um, approach this character? And, and that's what we did. And that's what the, the, the writers did too, is that they, the, the writing staff was a very diverse group of writers, which I love. And they spoke from their truth. And, and, and uh, you know, a lot of the, the writers talked to us and they even talked to me about my own heritage, about like, is, I asked him, is Christian, what is, what kind of, what kind of Asian is he, you know, for lack of a better term. And those are the questions I think they really uh, asked themselves is like, what are we trying to show? And you're right. Marvel has not been, um, uh, you know, they've been very, they've been towing the line and they've been very careful. And so for a show like this to really just, Put themselves out there and say hey uh, not only is the lead character Anna a uh, part of the community but also uh, her surrogate brother which is Chris they're part of the community so it's I thought that to be really interesting I thought that to be um, great you know that's really all I could express uh, about the subject matter it's like and this is from someone who is a fan of the Marvel movies is just I remember them uh, essentially making such a big deal that there was going to be a gay character in Endgame right. and it was one of the Russo brothers and he was in it for two seconds talking about how he went on the on a date with a guy and right right, like, right. <laughs> um, right I feel that if I were part of that community um, I would want more of representation than just a one sentence you know <laughs> right and and it's, it's like what i said earlier about you know finding representation re representation that doesn't just check the box but rather really show what, what the the depth of that character 
And I mean, it's really about, you know, finding a way to, um, you know, find the similarities that we all have, you know, the short, the stories that we can share and be like, oh yeah, that, that, that makes sense, you know, but still find a nuance, still, still find what the, what, what the, the, the complexities can be uh, if you were um, part of a specific community. I do have to ask at towards the end of the show, it did allude that Chris was trying to mend things with his boyfriend. Did, was Chris ever able to fix that relationship or did he and his boyfriend split at that point? <laughs> you know, I got to tell I, Derek, uh, the character uh, is very sweet because had I been that person on the other end of that, I would have been like, we're done. Like yeah. <laughs> you work so hard. I don't even see you. You're married to your work. Like, forget it. I'm out. But and, and I, the I, excuses were kind of sketchy. Like, yeah, it's like oh, you got it there. And then, you know, I thought that was a, a great scene, by the way, where uh, uh, um, Damon meets uh, Derek for the first time. And there's the assumption of like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. Not- <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. I thought that was a great, when I first read that, I'm like, oh, it's funny. Um, but I, I think uh, my personal take, and this is not canon in any way, that I, I do feel as if Chris has, has realized for the sake of Derek and for the safety of, of Derek, that I think he ends it or ended it. That's my take because of the fact that he is now very aware of who he is and what he is. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's no longer um, safe for, uh, for that person. I mean, if you think back into the core of the character, which is let the innocent people live and then let's kill the people who are not innocent. Well, Derek is the most innocent person in this, in this situation. And I, 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 that's my personal take. And, and then the other thing too, is that we don't necessarily need him anymore. If, if I'm no longer going to be, uh, you know, I think one of the reasons why Chris may have became romantically involved with him is the fact that he has access to criminals. So I, I think there is that kind of connection there too. Does Chris still need that? I don't know. Well, cause he's not long. He, I don't see him being responsible for that anymore. He's got his own demons to deal with, so to speak. That is very true. And um, I would love to get into that right now. So at the end of the, um, at the end of the season, we see Chris, he is a keeper now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that end scene, like end credit scene technically was so good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's walking with a, I guess adolescent now Cathara um, yeah. and they're walking and I love that she calls him uncle Chris. It's wonderful. And then, <laughs> and right. uh, then they have that moment where I, to me, I thought that that was definitely Damon and Anna's real father. And he comes and scoops Cathara who you find out is really Lily away. And that's just such a great scene. So I wanted to ask, first of all, how is it shooting that scene and if we fingers crossed get a second season how does that um you know translate into another season i think it's the greatest sort of cliffhanger it was um, it was so good it is (laughs) one of those things where i when i was reading it going okay so what the hell happens next it just seems like they're done and then that last scene um 
uh, you know, the minute the description was there for uh, Kathara, the little girl, because it didn't say the name, it just said this little girl. Okay. It specifically said purple sweater. And to me, I was like, purple sweater. Okay, why, why is that a, a thing? Why is that so specific? Because as an actor, you look at really specific things and I'm like, why, why would they call that out? That's, that's, that's rare. Um, and then as you read and the, 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 the little girl says, oh, Lily, I'm like, oh my God, are they gonna go Lilith on this? That's this is, what is I thought. <laughs> is this what they're doing? Is this what they're doing? And I, and I just put the two together. I'm like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of if you rewatch the show, you know, there's a, the, the show is very dense. Um, you could get easily caught up in the, 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 the drama of it, the family drama. But there's a lot of mythology that's being explained underneath it all. And so when you, if you watch it back, knowing how this ends and knowing who that was the entire time, you start to go, oh, crap, this is a much bigger world. This was just the beginning. And, you know, to your, to your point, where is this going to go? Oh, I have a feeling it's going to get really deep um, into the, the 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 mythology in the world that I think a lot of co the comic books fans are are you know probably hoping for. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know who the father is, and that's not just me or who that person was that came in where she said Papa. I I don't know in what relation that is. I think it's easiest to assume that it's the father. But Papa could be a bunch of things, just like mother was a bunch of different things. You know, it, it, I, I don't know. I, I definitely don't know. And, um, but yeah, what a great moment that was, right? That was it really was cool. It was so great. Um, a coworker of mine did a review show on Hellstrom and I was talking about like, as soon as she said Lily, I said the same thing. I was like, that has to be Lilith. I was like, that has to be Lilith. <laughs> I was like, and Papa, yeah. I mean, could be lucifer who knows it was so yeah, much yeah it, it was yeah. such a great ending to a first season such an amazing right. season altogether i certainly hope that we get a season two because that was way too good of a cliffhanger for them to end <laughs> it on <laughs> right 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 but yeah i'm excited too hopefully hopefully fingers crossed but before i let you go um i know everything's been crazy with the pandemic but besides hellstrom do you have any projects that are upcoming any that you've been in and also hope that you've been safe during this time yeah i've been safe uh staying put um trying to make sure that i'm mentally safe uh like just the mental health of everybody um so i, I think uh, for people who are watching this and who are if you're feeling uh you know, really down about what's been going around and there's a lot of weight on you, please seek help. Um, there's a lot of places you could call for help. And I think that's it's certainly near and dear to my heart in terms of people's mental health. So I, I, but otherwise I've been doing well. I've been, you know, spending time with my family all the time that I didn't get to spend with them while I was away shooting this thing and shooting a few other things. I basically gone for a year. So it was great to be home and play with, you know, play with my son, watch him grow and, uh, and be with my wife. So it's, it's been really, beautiful in that regard uh but i am itching to go back to work uh as far as work that's out there now there is a indep independent movie that i shot right before um i shot hellstrom and uh he it, it's a it's an independent film that just got picked up it's an action comedy kung fu flick um it is uh 
it's it's a lot of fun it's it's you know it doesn't it's not a lot of heavy lifting it's not a lot of heavy thinking but it's a it's a movie about um redemption and and uh what it feels like to get old and still try to do what you think you could do when you were 20 um that kind of setup so yeah it's called paper tigers i should say paper tigers awesome and uh who picked it up uh well go picked it up and they're the same distributor who uh, put out like it man um uh, train to busan sort of this these uh, genre type of uh independent films so we're excited for that that they they said that they're going to have a theatrical release for the movie second late second quarter of next year assuming that everything goes yeah everything goes yeah. the way it's supposed to <laughs> yeah 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 but right now it's making its rounds in the in in, in the independent circuit so if you're following me on Instagram or, or Twitter, like I'm posting that kind of stuff up. So it's a, it's regional releases. So if if you're like in Boston or New York, they're, we're doing our premiere for Busan in Korea now, which is the international market. And then a few other uh, festivals uh, in and around the United States. So awesome. hopefully you guys can catch it. Yeah. I'll definitely have to keep my eye out for it, but it has been amazing speaking to you. Um, thank you so much for taking time during your very busy schedule to speak with me. <laughs> and I hope anyone who's uh, watching, listening, all that good stuff just checks out Hellstrom because it's a fantastic show. Thank you again. Yes. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for reaching out. That was a lot of fun. Oh, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, stop recording. Okay.